On this episode of Documental, I'm speaking with Yuki Yoshi, uh, a fascinating guy that I found on Instagram by chance, and I've been very excited for this interview. Yuki, thanks so much for coming on board. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So I came across your Instagram and I noticed a theme of, well, many things, but what stuck out to me were things like uh, lowering your levels of stress, anxiety, um, identity, becoming your best self. So I really want the interview to revolve around these topics. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, that sounds perfect. That's right on my alley. Okay, so to start off, the first question, I'll line this up for you. We have so many things going on today. I mean, there's so many external stimuli. We're bombarded with information, requests, and, and obligations, right? What are some steps that we can take towards inner peace and, and overall lower levels of stress? Sure. Um, there are all kinds of distraction today. And in, you know, we say that we only have nine, nine, nine second uh, attention span. So my recommendation that I have to people is to, because people are chasing a lot of external activities, but deep inside they all know something is missing. And the answer, people seems to be looking for answers outside, but the answer is always inside. And I think the realization of that is the first step, and then really begin establishing that capacity to pay attention to because the opposite of distraction, which a lot of people are experiencing today, is to focus and pay attention to something. So I come from a mind-body background and I teach you know, things like meditation and mindfulness. When people are not used to uh, pay attention to something, uh, the first step is to really focus on the breath because breath, when you focus on the breath, that immediately shift the attention from our thinking mind that's happening all the time to a feeling state and a feeling happens always in the now so bring your attention to the breath and to bring yourself to that now to the present moment i think would be the first step and that that's going to prepare people to turn the attention inwards instead of chasing things outside that's interesting so if people are constantly doing these things and building a lot of uh, large to-do lists and, and building all these anxieties. Can you walk us through that? How do you respond to these people when they're worried about all these things? How would you help them through this process? Sure. Um, people tend to not even realize that they're trapped into something until usually the body tells them, uh, showing up as a symptom. It could be illness, it could be injury, it could be not feeling good. You know, the body does not know how to lie and it, the body is always honest, right? So, you know, this is an unfortunate situation, but people come to me when they realize that they need help, but then as a result of having some kind of symptom. And then when I work with people, you know, it's surprising though, 90 to 95% of the people that I work with they don't know, or they actually don't do, they're not doing what they really want to do. They're doing things, I'm, I'm talking about jobs and career, they are doing things because they wanted someone else to be happy, or someone else told them to do, which is so surprising. And that immediately, you know, does not meet people's internal desire and a purpose and being alignment with who they want to be because they're living for someone else's needs and one. So it sounds like we need to start listening to our inner voice and um, 
and, and just understanding our true identity, right? So what are your thoughts on identity? Like, and, and to build off that, how do we get closer to becoming the best version of ourselves? So it's a two-part question. Yeah, so let's see if I can explain this well. So identity is not something that people are assuming. So one of the things that I tell people is that, you know, people, we're surrounded with other people. So we have friends, we have families, we have coworkers, right? Other people. And then people tend to think that they're individuals and then individual people uh, create a, a relationship with other people. But then it's the other way around. Unless you have relationship, you do not have any identity because identity is always created formed through identity, through relationship, I mean. So one of the example that I give to uh, people often is that if you are living in an island by yourself with the palm trees and bars and not other people around you, would you be the same person as you are today, right? And then everyone would say no. But because that's, that, that's so you know, habitual and it's ongoing on a day-to-day -day basis, people are not realizing. But then let's say, you know, if there's someone, individual named Mary, who uh, has a kid, and then let's say she's an accountant, and she has friends that she goes for a lunch or brunch over the weekend. She is a mother, that's one identity, a role that she plays. She, you know, works with numbers and taxis and accountant, and then she might have a stressful working situation, you know, through March and April, that becomes her identity. Identity is not limited to her mental capacity or anything, but the environment and the working environment becomes a part of identity. You know, going to a brunch or lunch with her friend on the weekend, that relationship that she's forming creates her identity of who she thinks she uh, is. So, you know, from a holistic health background, we really wanna be looking at the whole relationship and dynamic of what kind of work and what kind of role you're playing in relation with the environment and other people. And that produces identity, which is a little challenging to grasp, but like, a, let's say, you know, if there are three lines that form triangle, and then we see that as a triangle, but when we, when we eliminate all those three lines, the triangle disappears, right? Mm, yeah. That's like an identity. So when you, those lines are creating the identity called triangle, but when we remove those lines, which is the relationship, the identity disappears. Okay. Yeah. So it's really important for people to um, be able to look at themselves from a context because the identity is always dependent on the context. Yeah. Okay. And so, and so for that identity, if someone has, has the urge to build that identity, how do they become the best version of that identity? Sure, sure. So, yeah, that was a sort of like a little bit more philosophical background of what identity is. But one of the things that I ask people immediately is, what is it that you really want? And 
what is it that you really want is a powerful question. But when I ask this question, most people cannot answer immediately because we live in this society that we don't get asked that question. And then we are given things and tasks to do within a certain box, right? It could be school system, it could be a company or corporation, and there is a certain norm and box in a societal world that limits us, even the ability or desire to want something. So when I ask people, what is it that you really want? What most people begin thinking immediately is their current situation. So they are letting the existing situation to even dictate what they really want, right? So to answer your question, how to become the best version of yourself, just at the beginning to really ask that question, to, to engage in that, what is it that you really, really want? Because the desire of wanting something, when you really listen to your body and tune into that, it comes from your soul plate. So it's your soul purpose place that we all have within us. And then the identity all often limit us. It becomes a belief system that limit us because we have all the, always been told no, no, no from a lot of people, right? So to be your best self, we wanna be going beyond our identity actually, because identity is a mental, concept and construct that we're building in the relationship and it's always based on the existing situation but you want to want something beyond that okay so this is all very interesting so we we need to we need to start conditioning ourselves to become this best version of ourselves and and my understanding is that this is actually your forte to help people condition themselves um can you touch upon that and, and, and link this all together? Sure. So one of the things that I, you know, I have done, so my background comes from, I was a professional dancer in Tokyo. I'm from Tokyo originally. I moved to Los Angeles and I had a little bit of, you know, back issues. So I shifted to health and I taught a lot of different modalities like Pilates and yoga. And then, you know, the mind stuff was more my stuff. And then I started to investigate what, producing people's stress. And I was really interested in root cause of stress, right? And in going all that sort of investigation of what's creating people's issues, um, I have done different spiritual work, uh, personal development work, and where I landed was that the practice to teach people how to alter their subconscious conditioning, which is a mental program. And let me uh, tell you this though, this is a fascinating story. So about the age of six and seven, we start developing intellectual capacity. Before the age of six and seven, we're full subconscious. So we have conscious mind and subconscious mind, right? When we're full subconscious, it's like us being outside and receiving sunshine. Subconscious mind does not know how to reject information. So we start absorbing all the uh, traits from our parents. Let's say if our parents had a tendency to worry about something, we are absorbing that at the subconscious level when we're little, and then conscious mind develops when we get to adult. The subconscious mind runs the behavior, so we start feeling worried about something, even though at the conscious level we don't want to do that. The subconscious mind receive 
all those stress when we were little, and that shows up as a behavior. And then 96 to 98% of the time, we are operating at the subconscious level throughout the day. So that's why a lot of people are having a difficult time changing their habits and behavior because the thinking mind is not what produces the behavior. And how, how we hold things at the subconscious level is what leads to result. So changing the subconscious mind is really, really the answer. If you really wanna uh, you know, unlock your true potential and to be the best self, and I am so glad that I'm doing this. this is, I, I feel like I'm so fortunate because there's nothing else that I feel uh, fulfilling like uh, things that I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. You have a profound impact on people's lives. You change deep-seated behavior. <laughs> wow. So, so my understanding is if we want to uh, understand this conditioning and, and get to a certain place in terms of our behavior, we have to expose ourselves continually to something, right? Yeah, right, right. So there are, um, I would say there are three ways to change your subconscious conditioning. One is to experience a strong emotional impact, suddenly like September 11, and then your whole biology gets shaken and people start shifting. Number two is hypnosis. So, you know, I don't know if you have exposed to being exposed to as a hypnotic state, but, but you know what it is, right? So Absolutely. hypnotherapists uh, talk to the client and the clients start following the hypnotherapist, right? And then that's because the brainwave shift to a theta state. And then remember what I said earlier, subconscious mind does not know how to reject information. That's why the clients start following completely what the therapist says, because the subconscious cannot reject. So that's the state of mind that we can alter, you know, that subconscious programming. Now, I'm not the one who does that. My, you know, area is more about the third way uh, to change subconscious programming, which is we call space repetition. So continue to repeat the same information over and over, just like. You know, anyone can imagine ballet dancers practicing the same thing over and over to let the body remember exactly what we need to do in our mind. You know, once you repeat over and over the movement in the body, we can easily assume that the movement pattern begin changing. We do the same thing for the mind. And in fact, that's how we are conditioned at the early stage when we're little we got exposed to the same information over and over and that stayed at the subconscious level. Wow, Yuki, this has been uh, a fascinating interview. So <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna close this interview with um, you just telling the listeners where they can find you online, how they can contact you. Sure, uh, so I have a website called gendo.com. Uh, it spells G-E-N hyphen D-O.com. Now, actually, it's Japanese. It means a path to embodiment. And if people can visit there, uh, they can uh, look at the whole you know, online programs and uh, coaching trainings that I offer. Uh, and then uh, people can reach out through that uh, website. Amazing. And we'll include that information in the description of this episode. Yuki, I want to thank you so much for this interview. It's been a lot of fun and very insightful. Nice. Thank you so much for having me.